Welcome to the Sun Island. Welcome back, guys. Super excited. I knew I took a slight little hiatus last couple of weeks. But um, the wait, it was worth the wait because we have a very special guest. And I know I say this often, but we really do. Um, A man of many talents, uh, Sean Wilson. And uh, he's the owner of Abstractor. Yes. And um, we're in here today just learning more about the man behind his art. Kind of learn a little bit about him and... Um, so let's just start with the story, man. <laughs> just kind of a little bit of a background, who you are and how you become to be, man. Uh, name is Sean Wilson. I'm from the beautiful city of New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, raised in a two-parent household that was very, very colorful. And when I say colorful, I mean a lot of different perspectives. I'm the youngest of four. Youngest of four. <laughs> so my perspective is from a perspective of uh, adults and preteens. Mm. So I watched all these personalities gel together. I watch uh, my mom and my dad go through uh, their domestic uh, issues. I watched my brother go through his domestic issues. Just my life has been from the perspective of the runt almost. <laughs> yeah, I got you, man. So I've learned a lot of lessons and I've learned a lot of how to navigate in life through watching others. And just watching how they navigate things and how things work for them and how, you know, things don't work for them. They say uh, a smart person learn from their mistake and a wise one learn from other mistakes um, and just others experience. Coming up as a child, child, what were some of those experience that you said you get some life life lessons from? Uh, I would say... I got a, a a life lesson real early on when I was maybe, I want to say 11 or 12. Uh, me, uh, my brother and my sisters in the house, we had the doorbell ring. Okay. So me and my brother was playing video games. Uh, and my sister said, hey, y'all going to go to the door? So my brother like, you go answer the door. So the doorbell rang again. It's Friday night. We figure everybody that's in the house <laughs> is supposed to be here. They wouldn't be ringing the doorbell, so they're going to wait. Correct. So my sister get up, she goes to the door. Now, me and my brother, for some reason, we just get up and we go behind her. The second my sister opened this door, we hear a gunshot. Whoa. So we hear a gunshot. So what's happening outside, as we were inside doing whatever we were doing as kids, my father is coming home. It's probably about 9, 930. He's coming home from work. Mm. And he's met at the door with somebody that's robbing him. So that's what's actually him ringing the doorbell. So we heard the first doorbell ring and having conversation with him, the guy told him, hey, if you ring the doorbell again, I'm going to kill you. So my dad said he was stalling, he was stalling, and he rung the doorbell again. But the guy shot him once my sister opened the door. So he fell and in. He fell in on the door. He fell in on my sister, but he, well, he didn't die. He fell in on my sister and... I'll I'll tell you, as a child, everything slowed down. I mean, I can... For anybody, that slowed down. It just slows down, but it was never any fear. I had had no fear. I could smell the gunpowder in the room. 
because he shot outside, but it still came in the house because it was instant as soon as she opened the door. And the only thing my father said throughout this whole out this this whole uh event was this MF just shot me. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was it. Like he, he said, this, this motherfucker just shot shock. me. Yeah, he's in a state of shock. <laughs> and I'll, I'll say that is something that it changed my life. It did. It did two things for me as a child. Uh, it gave me the perspective that you, you, I wasn't safe in my own home. Damn. Most of the time, as children. You only fear two things, your parents and the boogeyman. I was now exposed to somebody trying to kill my father. So as a young black male, that instantly made me a predator. So it made me very aggressive now. It made me, I mean, it, it, it gave me, it gave me a hunger of violence, not to initiate it, but to protect myself now. Mm but to protect myself. And for a long time, I became very violent. I used to be a little a fighter in school. I used to be a little fighter, got expelled. But as I grew, as I would come up in the ranks in school, you would have certain teachers that will give you little gems. Mm. So I remember this guy, Mr. Brinson, we used to sing in the choir, probably like in sixth grade, right when this whole situation happened. I remember uh, my mom coming, pick me up from school and he telling her, he was like, listen, he was like, Sean is like a little troubled child right now. <laughs> she, he said, but Sean is a leader. She said, I'm going to tell you, Sean is the type of leader that's just not going to lead blacks. He can lead nations. He can lead all races. Like you need to really, really like work with him and get his his behavior under wraps because it might not be that he's just bad. He might has he might has something that. It's not fulfilling. Whatever he has going on may not be fulfilling for him. Yeah. So she was like, okay. And we got in the car and left. Never talked about it again. But I never forgot what he said. And that's the one thing in life that I realize. As people, sometimes we can fault our parents for not seeing and are not cultivating things in our life. But when you separate the parent your parent and them being a person, mm -hmm. they can only teach you and guide you based on what they know. Yes. And if they've never been around something that's growing, that's greatness that can change the trajectory of the family. They don't, they don't even know this exists. So growth yeah, is, is yeah. immense. Yes. So that story is so pivotal, man. <laughs> I want to, I want to touch, I want to stay there for okay. a little bit, not too long. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, just the shock, the yeah. sheer horror. I mean, I grew up in Jamaica, right. and I'm not unaccustomed to violence. Right. I've seen it. I've been around it. Mm -hmm. um, I've never seen somebody get shot. Mm -hmm. I've seen, seen people got shot at, uh -huh. but getting shot, and that's your your blood, your yeah. father. Yeah. It really did that to you, where it took away safety. Yeah. Um, as you were telling the story, uh, I like stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. And I think Kevin Hart have a piece where it's something like, you saw like a parent got knocked out one time. 
<laughs> you see what I mean? Uh-huh. You saw your own dad got yeah. shot. Yeah. The person, because you know when you're coming up as a kid, no matter the relationship, your parent is, your yeah. dad is your superman. Yes, 100%. And to see that happen to yeah. your dad, that took away something from you. And and I'll say it, it took something away for a little while because my father made a full recovery, went back to work. He didn't retire. He went back to work. I'll say to give you just a bit of context, just a bit of context on my father. Mm. I had never seen my father at home between the hours of five o'clock and seven o'clock until he got shot. Wow. He was at work every day. That worked. He, yeah, he, he was he was a he was a blue collar working man. So for that to happen to him after work. Yes. You get what I'm saying? Yes. And for him to go back to work. And I and I know he used to talk about people used to tease him at work, you know, one eye this and because he lost his eye. Like he lost his eye. Yeah. But the spirit my dad had, I was like, man, it, it, it felt like I'll say when, when my when my father passed, I felt like an Olympic runner when the torch is being patched so you can go light it. Wow. So so when you when you look over your parents' life and you realize what they trust you with by what they leave you with and what they give you, you realize sometimes parents don't have the words to express how they feel about you. But when they leave you a responsibility, it's like they know what child is going to be prosperous or they know what child is say, you know what, whatever I give this child is going to be safe. Yes. It's going to be safe. Yes. So my dad, he, even though that happened to him, it made me have greater respect because he didn't hide. He still was the same fly guy that went to work, put his suit on, went hung out. I mean, yeah. it didn't change him. He just had a handicap now. Yeah, yeah. So it was the shot that messed up his eye? or he... Yes, it, it's actually <clears throat> he shot in point-blank range. It went in. Uh, it Dude. Went, you forgot to say he got shot in the head? Yeah, he got... Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. That's a different shot. <laughs> yes. He shot... They shot him in the temple and went oh in his head. Oh, my God. In his head, hit his nose, and it came out. Yep. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. What's the... What's the... What's your... Growing up, what's the spiritual life, life was like? Uh, actually, man, the spiritual life was... <laughs> the spiritual that was, life to me that's a miracle brother that's yeah, all i'm listen, saying so i'm just trying to understand we it. we were raised in the church like i sung in the choir I, i'll say this on saturday mornings i didn't watch a lot of cartoons uh my mother was very active in the church so on saturday mornings i would spend my mornings serving hungry people in the cafeteria of the church now, I wasn't physically fixing the plates because I wasn't tall enough, but I handed out the cold drinks. You know what I'm gotcha, saying? Yeah. It made me go so you were the doing cold it drinks. really young. But when you sit with these people and you start having conversations with them because now you're around homeless people. Mm. So now as a child, my perspective, I'm not I'm not at home sitting watching cartoons. I'm listening at people that's giving me a perspective on life that I don't even understand exists. How could you at that age? <laughs> I don't even realize, like, I didn't even realize, I'm like, wow, these people here, they're homeless. I'm thinking, okay, they don't have, they don't have nothing to eat at home or, <laughs> but you don't, you don't realize, I didn't realize the service my mother already had me having, like the lineage of service. Mm. My mother used to always talk about service, service. You got to serve, son. I don't care what you do, how much money you make. 
you have to serve people. Mm-hmm. That's why God put us here to serve. That's why we get blessed. Yes. So uh, we was definitely in the church now. Early on, my father really didn't go to church with us. It was just me, my mom, my sister. We sung in the choir. So we was, I was definitely in the church, 100%. Yeah. And yeah, so that happened, and um, you know, it just it just changed your trajectory on a lot. You mentioned that you know it affected you as a youngster. Definitely. You you mentioned something. You mentioned two parents household. Mm-hmm. You grew up in a. Were your friends? Was that a lot common? Where your where you grew up? Let's, or? let's say if I had, let's say seven friends, three of us probably had a two parent household. Mm. Three of us. And that is the one common denominator that I have with my friends when we grew up in school. When we talk, that's the one thing. That's the one valuable mm-hmm. asset that we all say that was so valuable because every household we went to, there was parents in them. Mm. We couldn't just do what we wanted to do. There was a mother or a father. Or a father. What are you guys doing? Correct. What y'all been doing? Yes. When y'all leave here, what y'all going to do? It wasn't like parents is letting us watch TV or play the video games. Nah, dad is coming in the room. What y'all getting up? What, what, what y'all doing today? So important. Mama is coming in there. Hey, y'all want something to eat? But when she's feeding us, hey, how, how y'all doing in school? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we had we always had that family dynamic. Now we still got into our little trouble teen stuff. Absolutely. But I realized when we when we look back, man, we had a strong family foundation in every household we we traversed to mm-hmm. as youngsters. Yes. So mm-hmm. that that perspective was was actually there, but everybody didn't have a two parent household, and you realize that it affects some people. Some yeah. That, that affects does. them. For for myself, I'll say having a two parent household affected me in certain ways because. Now, some people that don't have the two-parent household, they don't see the domestic violence that go on. Mm. And it's not all physical. Sometimes yeah. it's mental. Sometimes emotional it's too. emotional. Sometimes it's strategic. Sometimes it's behind the back cutting. It's a power struggle. Listen, it's different. Things. I'll say as a child. Damn. That's an interesting perspective. Listen, I'll say as a child, I knew when I was with my daddy when he was cheating. And I knew when I was with my mama when she was cheating. Oh, my I, God. See, see I... <laughs> Next level, bro. Yeah. That's legit. That's I, listen, legit. And, and as, a, as, a child, yeah. as a child, you learn this because this is the environment that you're in. Like, this is like this is the environment. Like, I'll tell you a fun fact about me. I'm going to tell you a fun fact. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. go ahead. <laughs> and this, and this, this all plays a part to who I am. Yeah, definitely. Uh Based on what I, what is my offering to the You've world? You've experienced, yes. yeah, yeah. When I was twenty three, and brings it back to an incident with my mom. Uh-huh. Twenty three, my mom called me home from college. I went to Southern University. I know I graduated from Southern University in Baton Rouge. So HBCU, bro. Oh, one hundred percent, man. TSU, hey, okay. Go. I used to yeah. whip y'all butt in uh, track, but <laughs> okay. I yeah. still love Southern. Some yeah. of the best hurdlers. Yes, that's what's up, man. Yes. I knew we were, bro. And that's why I, HBCU. Well, that's one of the reasons. Yes. I, I'm not, yeah, I just kind of rolled up on you yesterday, but we're yeah. going to get to that. But I don't want to mess up your story. Keep going. <laughs> yes. That's funny. But we vibed. So, yeah, definitely. So I was at Southern University. So mom said, come home. I want to talk to you about something. So just to, just to back it up, when I graduated with my undergrad uh, that Friday, that Monday, my father served her with divorce papers. Mm. 
So my dad Your was dad like, initiated yeah, my divorce. dad initiated it. That's yeah. not common. That's calculated. Now it's not. <laughs> but it's. But if a man does it, I would imagine or calculated it's it. It's calculated, to be. yeah. So that's why I say my, my life and my perspective, I've had a very unique view of how things operate. It's not standard. No, I want to hear it, standard. man, it's so, intense. So <clears throat> by this time, by this time, and he served uh, her with the he paper. served her with the paper. That's my undergrad. She she move out. They get a divorce after I want to say it was married right about thirty one years. They was married for a long time. Man. They was married for a great a long long time 30, 31 years. Yeah. So about a year after, my mom called me. <clears throat> Excuse me, mom called yeah. me. She said I want to talk to you about something. So I, I'm so okay. So I go down with my girlfriend. Then we go to New Orleans. <laughs> she dropped me off. Me and my mom go. Uh, she's living with my sister at the time. So we go to her apartment. We go to the bedroom. So we sit down and she talks to, she starts to tell me how people make mistakes. So I'm like, all right, I'm like, okay, she must need something. <laughs> I'm like, she must need something. <laughs> right? How much? How much? How much? How much, mama? How, how much funny. we talking so I can, <laughs> so I can budget this in. Right, right. Gotcha. So she starts saying, you know, people, uh, you know, people make mistakes and she starts to tell me that, the man that I think is my father is not my father. I'm actually a cheat baby. Well, I'm actually told you that she just at 23. She just she explains it to me. Now, people hear me use the word cheat baby. Understand, I'm healed over it. So now we gotta make a joke about it. Oh yeah, that's, but, that's intense. But, but at the time it wasn't. Yes, nah. At the time it wasn't. At the time, mm. I'll say when she told me, it was a total. Uh, it was a total, it was total confusion. And I, I started crying yeah. and she asked, why are you crying? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, well, you just dropped this bomb on me. I, well, I, don't, I don't know. But, and, and she asked me, she said, well, how do you feel? Ugh. And at the time I said, I don't know, but uh, thinking back now, mm. as I can really articulate how I felt, it felt, like she took an eraser and erased all my lineage of where I was from, Damn. why I'm athletic, Damn. why I'm built the way I'm built, wow. where your talents, everything, all of your roots. It's yeah. like she pulled everything up. Yeah, she pulled out nature. It, it, it's every, like nature and nurture. Now, now she you know the nature part. So every man, every man is connected to a lineage of other men. Absolutely. Who is my great grandfather? Who is my grandfather? For some reason in life, we've lost the value of the grandma, of the grandfather and the grandmother. But for me at that moment, she erased it all. Erased it. She totally erased it. So from, from a biological standpoint. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And from a, a mental standpoint, mental, yeah. because now it's like, well, wait a minute. The person that has reprimanded me, physically whipped my behind for lying, has been lying to me my entire. And I'll tell you Dude, this: this shit is deep. Listen, it's a it's a difference. It's a difference from somebody lying to you. That's a lie you can get over, but deception is real. Deception is intentional. It's a difference. Yeah, it's a difference. We need. Abby on here, man. We need Abby. Abby just wrote a. She just wrote a book. Your right. neighbor, okay, on overcoming betrayal. And and I'll tell you how. I'll I'll tell you. How. So it took me about two years. 
It, I didn't. I didn't speak to my family for two years. Now, when I say speak to them, I don't mean like we so called. You went to this place. Your mom gave you this. Drop this bomb, atomic bomb. Yes. Yes. And you just cold turkey. You're like. Uh, actually, when we left, when I left that night, I cried, and it was just all fake. You was just you're just saving face. Soon as I got with my girlfriend at the time, <clears throat> I actually picked up and I told her, "I'm like you drive." And she was like, why? I'm like, you just drive. You're limbless. You, yeah. you, your body don't. Now, she don't know what's going on. She don't know. I, I didn't tell her. When we started to drive back to Baton Rouge, <clears throat> I'll tell you what this felt like. I always talk about crying. It's like bricks when you're trying to, as a man, trying to stop yourself from crying. It's like I'm catching cry bricks. It's like every brick is another cry. It's like you're catching them and the weight is getting so heavy. So you just got to cry. You just got to let you're it out. You're trying to stop yourself from crying. Right. It's like, you, I'm going to catch it. You catch it up here in your chest. <laughs> yeah, you're trying right. to catch it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. true. So that's why you have that. <laughs> you're trying to we catch have that fear. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you or have that fear. get high and we're, yes. yeah, oh, you're that makes sense. Bricks. That you're catching that's what we're doing and it got to a point that i started bawling uncontrollably mm. and she pulled over she was so scared and she was like what is wrong like you lost what? your life yeah, almost. yeah she was like what is wrong and i told her and she was just like wow and i remember telling her that night uh I don't care how long we're married. If we have kids, I want a DNA test on every child. Damn. Yeah. And being the perfect girlfriend she was at the time, you know what she said? Okay, Sean. It was an instant compassion. It was instant. Yeah. And that's what I needed at the time because them bricks, they was too heavy. Wait. <laughs> so she was a perfect girlfriend. Yeah. Because she just, yeah. that's heavy to just drop Listen. on her. But... In comparison to what you got, and, that's and we a wasn't, fraction. and we wasn't, we had been together maybe a few months. This was new. This wasn't. This wasn't like a year in a relationship. This yeah. was probably maybe two and a half, three months. Yeah. So now wow. we, so now we have this big emotional event in the relationship. Yeah, and I'm dealing with a new relationship, but now my mother has changed my entire perspective about women. So. Okay, you mentioned something earlier. You said you saw when you you knew when daddy was cheating, and you also knew when mommy was cheating. Yes. So it never crossed your mind. <laughs> we can't make joke of it, though, bro, because well, I can't well, see that you're well, over. I, I, I'll say it this. Never crossed your mind I, when you're coming this. up I'll, as a I'll young man. I'll that. say this. Hey, when when mommy when, cheated, <laughs> what the hell is I, this? I, I'll say this. That in itself is a bomb. I'll say this. Well, my story. Well, my service to people, I have to bring this with humor. Yeah. That's the only way people can adjust it. Yeah. You have There's no you, other way to you, bring there this. There is no other way for me to tell my story but, if I don't if I don't bring a humorous side into it. How did this affect your relationship going forward? Uh, though? It like, made me trust uh, nobody. I didn't trust any humans. So I didn't you trust got some anybody. Tough breaks, man. You yeah. saw your dad got shot. Yeah. So that alone, on a the masculine because he got shot by another male right yes uh you just just make you just don't trust male i would imagine and, and then so so this is another perspective you have your dad being shot by somebody of your race uh, see people don't think about that yeah people don't think about that see growing up 
as a young black child, we was taught that white people was mean. They mm. killed and sick dogs on us and water. But when you see with your own eyes, your own kind. kind. Shot so, your daddy in his head. That's it's like, wait a minute. The the playing field just got leveled. <laughs> wait a minute. You can't just you can't just put it on them. You put it on a person. Yeah, you it's the person. It's not the race. No. It's everybody. Everybody. Because everybody is doing this now. Yeah. So that was the pers- that was the perspective that I had as a child. And most people never understand that perspective of it. Because mm-hmm. that's a different mental perspective because now you don't feel like you're safe around your own kind. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just fear. It's yeah, just level. It's, just, it's like it's, you're, yeah. you're and, safe and now, around nobody. And now what that does is you meet fear. Either you could do two things. Either you can run from it or you can confront it with double the fear. Double the fear. Wow. Explain that a little bit. What does that really mean? I'll say, say double the fear. Double the fear is you're going to make sure whatever fear, whatever, whatever you're scared of, you're going to double the energy in yourself to overcome and conquer that fear. Yes. Now, th- the thing about that statement, it's a statement based on where I'm at now because I've changed the energy from fearing man to fearing being productive. Ah, uh, got you, got you. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Now, the fear, now the fear is not repeating what my mom and my dad had in a relationship. So the fear is I got to be productive in a relationship. You got to add serious value. Yes. So so now you have to be intentional mm-hmm. on what we do. We have to take the fear and say, okay, if I have trust issues, let me be upfront about that now. And let me be boisterous about it. Mm-hmm. Why I have trust issues. Because if I don't meet that fear with you now, it's going to show its ugly head later. So you had to be a very open communicator. Got, no, 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 not your- open. Most people are open. You got to be vulnerable. You got to be vulnerable. Vulnerable. Man, listen, in this life, what I've been through you in see my the way life. I articulate it? Yeah. Open to me yeah. is being vulnerable, but that's not even close. Open is sharing. It's just sharing. That's you sharing. Vulnerable is. <laughs> vulnerable. Yeah, vulnerable. them for me. Being vulnerable is an exchange mm. because being vulnerable you're giving and you're also receiving, but you're also receiving and you're giving compassion. Empathy. Lo- yes, because whatever we go through in life, when you meet a person, they're the product of everything they went through. Everything. You're a product of everything good and everything bad. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, we don't talk about the stuff that we've overcame. Now it's becoming popular of people we're the beautiful thing about podcasts. Mm-hmm. We don't have to watch movies anymore to be inspired. We can listen to a real person with a real that life. Just like you probably had a couple of <laughs> events, kind of yeah. like yours. <laughs> yeah, you can listen. You don't have to watch it in a movie where the police come late. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you from a perspective of now, they come on time, mm-hmm. and this is going to happen. Yeah, but you, I also give it from the perspective of. Triumph, triumph, yeah. Not being a victim, accountability. That, that 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 word, it's a it's a popular word. No, just kind of being thrown around. Like who right. is a victim, who is not a victim. You've overcame a lot, and you're not even anywhere close to that. You you are you're a conqueror. Definitely, you're a predator. Definitely. Um, what would you say distinct somebody from 
being a victim uh, versus somebody who is not? What, what would you I, say? Based somebody who's in the process? Yes. I'll say the victim is at a disadvantage because nobody wants to tell them they're a victim because they don't know. I didn't know I was a victim until one of my best friends, a woman, I was on the phone with her one day, and she said, Sean, shut up. What? You sound like a victim. She said, you are too smart and you're too talented to have the problems that you are settling for. She said, you are a, you sound like a victim. You got to stop it. Wake up. Was this a black woman? Yeah, 100%. The, the main type that they tried to tick tag that on listen, was the one that d- deliver you. Listen. Wow. Listen. I will tell every black woman on this earth, you are valuable. Absolutely. You don't realize how valuable all women are. All women, yes. But I just have a special place in my heart for black women because my mama is black. That's, that's Every black woman that can hear my voice, you are special. Very special. Yeah. Understand you guys have power in you to ignite the power in us. Facts. You get what I'm saying? So when she told me that, I told her, I was like, wait, what? So my first instinct I didn't get offended. I said, explain. Explain to me how. And she starts saying, you can do this. She starts saying, stop thinking about what happened to you and look what you've already done in the midst of it. Look what you've done in the midst of it. Just keep going. She and, delivered you, bro. Yes. And I, 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 I promise you, I tell her all the time. And when I talk to her, I thank you for telling me that because when you're a victim I look at it like a a medical procedure when you're a victim you need a very sterile environment oh my god you need a very sterile environment because the one thing about being a victim we got scars and we got scabs so it's going to take very very loving and compassionate family members and friends with scalpels that's going to cut these scabs off of us but the environment has to be filled with love and compassion. That's the sterileness. That's the cleanliness, the cleanliness. Yeah. Because we're going to be resentful sometimes because we've learned to live hiding this. And we don't realize people can see it. But the people that care about you the most are going to be the people that confront you with it. Mm. Your friends that tell you, hey, stop doing that. Because it's not certain. The friends that risk the friendship for being a friend, that's the friend. That's the friend. The person who risked the friendship. The person. When was the. Think about this. When was the last time you got into an argument with a family member or a friend about something that only benefited you? Hmm. That's. Yeah. Think about it. Think about have, have anybody ever argued with you about something that only benefited you? Yeah, you see me just thinking. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. People that argue with people that argue with you about things, nine times out of ten, no. they got a they got a benefit That's in it. That's what my brain was yeah. going. Like I yeah, they I couldn't a, just be like yeah. they have a benefit. A true friend, not everybody, but a certain type of personality, they're gonna tell you, stop doing that. It's not serving you anymore. Mm. That's killing you. Or that's why you're doing it. Let's have a talk. Let's see why you're doing that. 
Mm. Because you got to stop. We got to, we, we have to get over it. Because now when I see this as a friend, I'm in this process with you. I can't just say, oh, you got a condition. I just leave you by yourself. Correct. So now that's where the souls start to, to start to touch it. All right. Well, you have people. Yes, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a powerful uh, sentence. Souls start to touch. Yes. Um, but no matter how close you are sometimes with people, mm-hmm. sometimes they don't have the communication skills. Right. Or they just don't have a level of tactfulness or, or even expertise, if you want to, if, if you will, mm-hmm. to really get through to you. Right. Um, what would be your advice to somebody who see a friend self-destructing and want to confront them, but is fear is fearful of damaging that safe space or that sterile environment? Or home? I would I would say if the if the friend is on the path to self-destruction, they're going to self-destruct anyway. Tell them. Just you, rip you, that band-aid. You, yeah, you you have to, but now <clears throat> so what I've learned what I've learned over the years is people we do have communication challenges, but most people they don't have communication issues. We have understanding issues. Because most of the time our understanding comes from our experiences. So when, so when I hear when I hear you say, when I hear you say, what would you like to eat? Simple, simple, simple question. You know how we all ask our, our significant other, hey, what you want to eat? And eat? they say, well, I don't know, whatever you want. What and you, you want? pick something and they say, well, I don't want that. <laughs> it's like, I don't want that. So it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> I can't tell how much time up that what should be five yeah. minutes become 15 minutes conversation in the car, yeah. waiting to drive. So <laughs> what you want to eat? What you want to eat? Yeah. So it's like, well, you don't realize I'm trying to be thoughtful and I can find something to eat, but I want to give I want to give you the option. But now when you give it back to me and I take the option, you can't say you don't want that. <laughs> So it's not a communication issue. It's an understanding It's an understanding. Issue. You showed a, 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 a high level of understanding or trying to understand at yeah. least when you said, let me exp- uh, please explain yes. something of the please ex- Yes. Please when, ex- when the young lady said I was a victim. Yeah. Because that's hard, man. Because you have never, for me, I've never heard that before. I, I, I have this thing that I've, I've learned in life. How I get better? Okay, you have to have a performance review. Who else is going to give you a performance review as a human other than your family, your significant other, your friends? Mm. Who? How? When, okay, even on a job, you got a, a you got a yearly performance review once a review once a year. Yep. So when was the last time you sat down with your spouse and you asked them, okay, where can I improve at as my personal, as in a relationship, as a father? Where can I improve at? Where do I need to brush up on my skills? You know what I find about high performers? They seek that. Yes. What? (laughs) That's what I've noticed about high performers. They actually seek that. And it's usually hard for us to even find it because sometimes even your boss, he's so scared to tell you what your flaw because everything else is so great. He's like, oh, yeah, you're good. But you know within yourself that you're not hitting your potential, but you're just trying to have somebody help you understand that. You you, you 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 need a critique. Yeah. So, so in life, 
you have you have a stress. You you have the stress of okay, being a perfectionist, trying to perform. Or you can have the stress of not knowing how to do anything. Just paralyzed. You just paralyzed. You don't know how to say, let me get a critique of myself. Let me go to three of my friends and tell them, what do you think? What the type of person, when you talk about me when I'm not there, what do you say? Mm. I'll tell you, in my probably mid-30s, I'm 42 now. I'll be 43 this year. I remember when my mom passed in uh, 2017, I called every ex-girlfriend I had, and I asked them. I I did two things. I apologized for everything that I could have ever did to them because— now I have a void of my mother not being here. Mm. I don't have that woman to take care of. So now it's like, okay, wow, I see what women go through. So you were single when that happened? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I called all of my exes and I did two things. I told them I apologize for everything I've done. Man, I, I just went, when my mom died, I went on an emotional roller coaster. Uh, and some of it was good. It wasn't all it wasn't all bad. It yeah. wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah. And the second thing I did was I want to know all of the bad stuff I did in a relationship. Tell me all the stuff you didn't like. Tell me all the stuff that I should have improved on, that I didn't grow. Mm. I want to hear all that. I don't want to hear no compliments. So when I compile this list, it's like, and some stuff I was like, well, hold up. Wait a minute. Whoa. (laughs) Why would you say that? (laughs) Uh, Wait, which I've never met um, a guy who've done that inventory. I'm curious now. Yeah. Can you, wait, Uh, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) All right, finish the story, and I want you that inventor. This is going to make you a little vulnerable if you're yeah, okay wanna, with it. Man, I'm here well, for it. You're probably going to help some young <laughs> guy coming up definitely. who's doing the same thing. You kind of, you see what I'm saying? And Just that's kind of help him, but go ahead. So I went and I, I looked at this list, and I'm like, okay, Sean, for you to get better at this, you have to get better at yourself you have to get better at understanding that women go through a lot like i'll tell you the one unfortunate thing that i learned about our beautiful women Mm. is when i hear not in all cases when i hear my women say we don't protect them as is as as black men as a collective as a collective not I realize she's not talking about me. It's embarrassing. She's talking about the Collective. people. She's, but she's really speaking secretly about what happened to her in her home as a child. That's where the non-protection started. It's with her, when something happened between the mother's brother and they swept it under the rug. Or a lot of things happen, and I realize. Dude, you're dropping some bombs. Listen, I realize she's not speaking to me because I just I haven't been knowing you long enough to not protect you but I getting to know these women not just getting to know the parts about women I like mm. you got to get to know the whole person the whole person yeah <laughs> he's a yeah. whole you can't just have the wings right you no. gotta get the whole bird <laughs> you gotta get the whole you gotta get the whole bird man you gotta, you gotta get, get the, the whole thing yeah you gotta get the feet <laughs> yeah you gotta get everything so for me when I learn and I would have these conversations with these women and the, the, the safest way to make a woman feel vulnerable is you show the example of what it is. 
as men, we are the leaders in everything, everything. not just the relationship. I was at uh, the the town center up here on Broadway one uh, one day. I had my twins out there, and we running around, and I can see this little boy was out there having a breakdown. He was out there with his mom, and he was yelling at his mom, just being real disrespectful. Uh, in my generation, it was real disrespectful. So he had to be about eight or nine years old. And I could tell his mom, she was out there. She had two other kids. So he's going off. He's screaming at his mom. So for a second, I'm like, wait a minute. I have a responsibility here. Hmm. I, I, I can't just sit here and let this little boy have a breakdown, not disrespect his mother, have a breakdown. And I'm a man yeah. that has the manly energy that can help him. Correct. So I told him, I said, hey. I said, boy, come here. So he's walking. I said, come here. What's your name? He told me his name. I said, what's going on? My mom is making me walk. I said, wait. I said, slow down. Slow down. I said, we talking. What's going on? I got in trouble at school today. I said, what happened? He told me what happened. I said, well, did you mean to do it? No, I didn't mean to do it. I said, see, it was a misunderstanding. Hmm. I said, but your frustration. I said, I don't know you, but... It seems like it's bigger than what you're making it. <laughs> I said, now, understand this. Whatever happened today at school, it is never, ever worth taking it out on your mother. Because if don't nobody wants you, that's the last person that's going to always have your back. And I told him, I don't have a mother. You mm. only get one. You're going to get a few teachers in life. You're going to get a whole bunch of friends. I said, but your mom... Take her serious. I said, when you walk back over there, go give your mom a hug and go tell her you're sorry. Yeah. And he went back over there and he ran back over there and the lady stopped me. She was like, I don't know what you told my son, but she said, thank you. She said, I appreciate it. So when I'm able to do stuff like that, I feel like that's God's way of showing me everything that you've been through is worth something because now the service is starting. Now the next generation, now everything that I've yeah. been through that I can laugh at being a cheat baby. Now I have, yeah. I have, I'm, I don't think it's old enough to be called wisdom yet. <laughs> I have a yeah. perspective and knowledge perspective, yeah. yeah, to, to, to give my perspective. You learned help. that more than half your life ago almost. Right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you've had some time. Yeah. Um, so that that little boy kind of break down. That's a lot of compassion, man. Because honestly, most people they're just going about their business. Right. That that's being very self aware. But 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 to me, I felt like that was my business. I, I, most yeah yeah I felt that's I felt, what I'm saying. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like most people figure that they're but you are self aware not only about yourself but your environment. Right. Um. Where does that come from? Because growing up, I've always heard to take a village. See, the village is not, the village is not just, the village has extended past the neighborhood. It's actually at school, it's at work, it's wherever we go. We're, we're all a village. If I saw your child somewhere, even if I saw your child in danger, if I had the same energy to save your child, I have to have the same energy to modestly give your child a little correction. Little, yes. Just a little bit. That makes sense. Just a little bit. It actually now, makes a lot now, of sense. Now, if I see your child about to be hit by a car, and if I snatch your child up with aggression, I have to be able to, and I saved your child, and you're thankful. You have to be thankful when I give your child a bit of correction as well. 
You can't tell me I can't give it correction, I mean, but I got to save its I've life. I've never heard somebody said it takes a village and explained it like that. Yeah, it, it, it takes it a village. It's, so it's just like when I when I you you we all we're all online watching everybody. When I look at everybody, call each other king, right? What's yes. up, king? You my king. You my king. Yeah. What's up, yeah? It's the one thing that I want men to realize. If you call yourself a king, which we all are kings of our kingdoms, but you're responsible for the kingdom, not just your castle. You're responsible for the person who cleaned the castle. You're responsible for the blacksmith, for the people who sell tea, for the people who sell crystals. That means your auntie, your uncle, your cousin, that cousin that you can't stand. <laughs> yeah. That brother you don't like, yeah. that's still your kingdom. Right. That's why the king gets so much. That's why when we build the kingdom walls, they're tall. The heavy is the head that yeah. wears the crown. But that's why the kingdom walls are so tall. That's why the that's why they're so tall, because we got to protect the kingdom. Because the more we protect the kingdom, the more it's gonna grow. Yes, yes. You're you're touching on some very like some deep, concise, just open, just shows sincere growth uh, as a human being. Um, you know, you're abstractor, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's your business. Definitely. And you're an, you're an artist. Yes. A legit, amazing <laughs> artist. Like, I was just out doing my work I, yesterday. Wait, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate. No, that. yeah, I'm, 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 I'm telling the story, and <laughs> I just approached you, just a random stranger approaching you. You were you training for your triathlon. That's right. something that we're gonna touch on. So, uh -huh. so I'm just kind of <laughs> dropping it right now. Your bike ride, sweat dripping off you. You just, you just hamming. Right. I was like, dang, it, I, I wasn't even sure. Was it a bike or was it a like a training machine you yeah. just let me know earlier that it was like your it was bike, a bike put on, on a, a machine on yeah. a machine you make it stationary yeah, yeah like a stationary which is yeah. which is hella neat and i approached you most people when you approach like that cold and they're busy which you were they kind of like yo you don't see i'm busy right but you were open right like you were out of breath not fully out of breath but you're breathing hard right and you, but you were open right we engaged in a conversation um, and I found out that you did art. Right. And I was like, that so how, is, how did you find out? I found out because you were in your garage uh -huh. working out and I saw like a ring light. Yeah. And I was like, this guy seemed like he does stuff online. Right. Like, he seems curious because my job is to meet people. Right. Um, you know, I was like, he seems pretty cool. Let me go chat to him real quick. Uh, and then, you know, I saw this stuff. So I asked about it. Right. You know, my job is to build relationship. A lot of times, folks who go out there and talk to people, knock on their doors, you know, talk in neighborhood, they're figuring, they're just trying to sell people stuff. Right. But we we got past that and we're just having a conversation. Right. And I found out what you done. I was genuinely curious. Right. I was like, what is this? And then you were open. You meet the stranger in less than a minute. You say, go check my house out. Right. You send me in your house to go video all your artwork and stuff like right. that. Part of that too is genuine connection because real recognize real. One hundred percent. That's that's 100%. part of it. It wasn't like you would have just sent any random dude in nah. your place. Like real recognize right. real, and that's kind of like what happened there in that instant. But I went in. I saw the work, man. It was beautiful. Right. 
Like, thank you. Yeah, it, it really, really is is amazing stuff. Um, how did you got into becoming an artist? Because, <laughs> like, <clears throat> yeah, how did you got into becoming an artist? Well, Sheldon, this is Sheldon here, but uh, I do want to know about that. We should also probably show some of the art he does. He brought oh, some yeah, stuff in here with us. Oh, yeah, this is Sheldon right here. He 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 be uh, just interrupting okay. me from time to time. <laughs> so, Sheldon, you're curious to see some artwork? Yeah, yeah, Sheldon, you're getting ahead of yourself. Let's see, let's see, let's see some of this art. He brought uh, some in to okay. show you. All right, oh. Sheldon. So, <laughs> All right, Sheldon. <laughs> so, the, so the piece that I brought to show you today, uh, the, the title of these pieces are The Tale of Two Souls. Uh, this these pieces were created out of a perspective and a and a continuous I want to uh, see them man they're awesome as a uh a continuous Damn. I'm just blocking my face <laughs> it's a it's a that's not a one brother like, can you hold that one cuz yes, definitely are, are we able are we able to see it able to see this tales of two Yes. Tales of Two Souls. The Tale of Two Souls. Yeah. So basically, it's my expression uh -huh. of two things. Uh, the dynamic of the relationship I saw between my mother and father. Okay. And understanding that it is valuable as a child to understand the tales of the two souls and the relationship. Tales of the two Get souls. to know your parents outside of the relationship. Okay. Don't always judge them and hold them accountable yeah. for the, what they do in a relationship because the two souls are separate. They're, so why you do art? Because it seems like you use it as therapy, a way to forgive. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm asking you. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Um, this, is, this is the way that God has given me to express myself physically. Yeah. And I can explain it. I guess he, he's given me the talent. Like, I feel like exactly, at an early yeah. age, I picked up a gat. Like, when I say gat, like, most people think gun. But I think uh -huh. gifts, gifts, abilities, and talents. Ah, gat. So, when I... <laughs> yeah, gat. That's pretty... So, I like that one. Yeah. Gifts, so, abilities, and, and talents. talents. G-A-T. Pick up a gat. Yeah, pick up your gat. Have some gat. Have so, some gat. So, I always... So, when, as, as a young child, I was always attracted to colors. I was always attracted to the arts. Mm. I used to uh, be a folk dancer in, a, in elementary school. I was always attracted to art. I was always attracted to expression, even music. Mm. I thought I was going to be like a music producer because yeah. I was always attracted to creating something. Creating it's something, the creative. Yeah. So early on, my mom was a nurse. So when, mm. she, would work, when she would work overnight, uh, when she would come in, when she, when she we could sit down. No, you're good. Appreciate that. That was an awesome illustrated story, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. So no, appreciate that. So what mom being a nurse, and it's funny that I had siblings, but at this point of the time, they were in that pre-steed, that that pre-teen or that early 20s, so they wasn't in the house. So my mom would come home on Saturday mornings from her Friday night shift. Mm -hmm. she, would, she would bring donuts, cereal and milk, and groceries, and she would bring a coloring book. Mm -hmm. Now, the coloring book was to keep me occupied while she took a couple of hours nap because it was <laughs> gotcha. just me and her home. Yes. But 
what started happening is when she would wake up, I would have probably almost the whole coloring book finished. Sometime the whole coloring book. Interesting. And it was just sitting there being able to take a blank slate and create, create anything I wanted to create. But I can give this still picture emotions with color. Hmm. I can change the emotions of it. Or I can change the emotions in the painting based on how I feel. I can express how I feel through the colors I use. So once uh, I was in, I think, middle school, I was showing one of my friends in school. uh, I was in sixth grade. I'm sorry. I was showing him one of the coloring books. I was like, man, look at my old coloring books. So the teacher saw it and she was like, damn, Sean, these are nice. (laughs) She was like, you like a real artist. I'm like, well, you know, I just I'm just a coloring. At that young age, you don't realize you don't if you don't have a person to cultivate the talent that you have, you don't really understand what you don't understand the gift. Mm-hmm. You don't understand what you have because nobody is looking at it as a gift. They they want to put you on this path is what's going to be beneficial for you to make money and not get on my nerves. That's how parents raise kids. What is the easiest way that I can raise you so you don't inconvenience what I want to do? Absolutely. Yeah. I want to feed you, buy you stuff to make me feel happy so you don't <laughs> inconvenience me. So when you get older and I never taught you how to earn, mm. I never cultivated the talent that as a parent, I got to sit and watch you and I got to watch what you're good at. But I also have to accept as a parent what you're not good at. Yes. Because I might have to help you in those areas. Yes. That's <laughs> one of the things I liked about my mom growing up. She, because, you know, kids, they have many different interests. Definitely. And, you know, growing up, one of my interests, I just I just walk around the whole neighborhood and collected old speakers. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I wanted to make a sound system or right. whatnot. But she's always given me freedom to explore mm-hmm. Um, meaning that if she sees something that might not gonna be fruitful, right, in her mind, right, she she never come down hard and say you got to do this or right. that. She said that is great, but, but consider this too. Yeah. She gave you options. She gives me options. She gives you options. She gives me a lot of freedom. Yeah, uh, like because I grew up doing athletics, mm-hmm. and I'd be always I'm never home. Right. And she's always encouraging of it. So that 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 that's that's you know. That's uh, a very important part as coming up as a child. But you said a lot of time, you know, parents kind of raising their kids is like, what do I got to give this child for sustenance yeah. so they can for, for them For them to survive. Survive, yeah. Because that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So the teacher, she said, well, I got something for you. So she started giving me the, all of these geometric shapes. And it was it was like sensory overload when I saw I'm like wow but she challenged me she said now I want you to look at this you can only use two colors really you can only use three colors she's your art teacher no she was a regular teacher wait what yeah she wasn't an art teacher she was like a regular just like regular teacher yeah she was just a I probably was in fifth grade so we wasn't she wasn't an art teacher she said she would give me and she was like do it and bring it back and she was like Sean you have a gift. And I remember taking him home to my mom. I'm showing her. She was like, okay, that's fine. But what I did was I never let, I never let the lack of people enthusiasm about what I was enthusiasm about deter me from being happy with it. Yeah. 
I, I, because really, when you're the only one happy with doing something, you create a peaceful place when you consistently do it. <laughs> yeah. You create a peaceful that's a place. a young age to kind of have that set. That's confidence, too, you yeah, know. Yeah, 100%. Oh, man. A young age to have that <laughs> yeah. much confidence. And, and, and that's the thing. Uh, like, when we talk about spirituality, that's that, that's that foundation of God that my mom had us in. And it, it was at an early age that... I realized, like, okay, Sean, you have something different on. You have a different responsibility in life. Got got. Yeah. <laughs> your, <laughs> your responsibility for life will be different. You know what I'm saying? Your responsibility will be different. So fast forward, uh, I take all of these shapes home, and I put them in, on my wall. So now when I wake up in the morning, I see all of these different colors, all of these different shapes. Now, as I get older, I get in middle school, I, I go away from the art because I get introduced to girls. <laughs> so the art go away. So I, I was still into always into the music videos, uh, ballad, uh, the arts, the ballets, mm -hmm. all of that stuff I was always interested in. But it wasn't as accessible to me as as I thought it was. It really was accessible, but... My friends, what I was doing, we wasn't into it. But yeah. if I found myself for some alone time, it was easy to be like, man, let me see what's going on yeah, over your here. Your friends direct your life, man. The Ooh, people close to you. Wow. That, it's, yeah. it's serious. It's real. So fast forward, I got back into it probably in my mid to late 20s. To my well, mid That's a whole story in itself. Yeah. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's go ahead. a whole... <laughs> Dude, I, funny enough, I grew up, um, I drew a lot in high school, mm -hmm. all throughout high school, still paint, uh, you know, still life, portrait, mm -hmm. stuff like that. I was fairly decent, but I did it for, for grade in school right. to get good, good, good grades or whatnot. But at the end of the day, I found so much peace. Yeah. I remember I was drawing this landscape with a guy sitting by a riverside, mm -hmm. fishing, and it was detailed. You could see every bark on the tree. You could see insects and just just different right. things in it. And I just get lost while I was doing that art. Like I was right. in. It was like I was sitting beside the guy so, while he was fishing. So let me let me put a different perspective on it. Actually, you was found. That's why it was so easy. People ask me uh, as an artist, is it therapeutic? And it's not. I'm actually shedding because I'm bearing my soul. Yeah. When your soul is connected to something, your soul has a frequency. Just like, just like you say, you you drew it out, and for whatever reason, you was very, very detailed. Like a five hours pass, and I feel like it's five minutes. Like I kid you not, because you was a hundred percent pouring your soul. I kid you not to what you were doing, and that's what it feels like. That's what that is the feeling that people pay for in these pictures that you see they go on vacation and they're always coming back home and they're looking for that that sense of peace, that sense of of uh value mm. of like, wait a minute, even though you knew that happened a while ago, you understand, you could tell me it took you five hours. You I knew how I felt. It never leaves. Mm. That that sensation never leaves. That's the point I was trying to get to. That sensation, it never leaves. It's nah. with me up to today. Yeah. But since, you know, I'm in my uh, late 30s now. But since I've 
been in my mid-twenties, I kept mm-hmm. saying, I got to try to get back to that place. Yeah. And I never got around yeah. to actually start. Dr- I'd go as far as have my wife buy me <laughs> this whole setup. <laughs> well, and I keep telling myself, look, I got to go do this. I got to do what, what made you, you know, get back in? Uh, I'll say uh, one day I was, uh, I think I was either watching a movie or we, me and my girlfriend at the time, we went somewhere and I saw a piece of art. I, I was, I would always watch TV. When I watch movies, I'm always looking at the art in the background. Nice. TV shows Hello. have like, I've, I've done extra work in some movies. So I realized what's going on set. Ah. So it's things that I, I watch in the background. So I'm like, wow. You're kicking on a different level. Yeah. I get it. Oh, so I see. You learn to appreciate the cinematography of what's what's being presented to you. So one day I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and get me, I'm gonna get me some canvas and paint. Mm. So I got uh these two canvases and I painted these two pieces, and I still have them to this day. Nice. The two first paintings I've ever done as an as an adult. Mm-hmm. So I remember, I remember totally saying, you know what, Sean? Let's put some time behind this. Let's let's see, because like you said, that feeling of sitting in the floor, me painting. I remember my girlfriend at the time saying, why are you doing all this painting? You just wasting your time. You always doing it. And she actually gave me she actually gave me the confidence I needed to realize I was on to something. Because when she told me you're always doing it. Hmm. That means it's continuous. Yes. That means this is something she's complaining, but she's actually getting. No, you're giving, pulling. You're pulling out the value. Yeah, out of you the, pull out the value. Don't. The, I understand how she's emotional, but look at what she's telling you. You're cultivating something here. I think you got a talent for that, man. <laughs> so, People just throwing throwing shit at you, yeah. and you're like, you know what? There's some. <laughs> yeah. There's some value. Yeah, there's some value in there. Yeah. Because I I respect everybody's opinion, especially when it comes about me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even you you want to tell me how you feel. Ten percent might be valuable to me, so I'm gonna listen. Yeah. Ten <laughs> percent of what you say might be valuable. So, I remember her actually complaining about why are you doing this and. She didn't understand that the cultivation process has started. So uh, I remember I started, just kept working, kept working. I actually sold a few pieces. Mm. So once that relationship ended, it killed my artistic uh, just vibe. It killed it. The, The way I work, it just, for some reason, that relationship, and that's the thing about being an artist, because my soul has to be present when I'm creating, I have to make sure my soul has peace in other areas of my life. And it, you know what? I don't think it's just being an artist. It's, it's, just, it's just anything that you're doing that you have to perform, yeah. whether it's being building a business, yes. whether it's being uh, creating yes. anything creatively. Yes. It, with creativity, your whole life affects your especially, creation. Especially when you are the resource. Exactly. When you are the source of the energy, you're the source. You're not drop shipping this out. Yeah. You yeah, are the creating. source. When you're creating, creating yeah. like it's a different level of life when you can create something with your hands to create a lifestyle. Yeah. That means you can be dropped in any corner of this earth, not know the language, and earn money to live. Money, I tell you, man. Like that's like you have a, like that's powerful. 
confidence beyond words, brother. That's, That's what that is. You could be put in any country and you can develop. I can take my skill as an artist and make money and live. So, yeah, live. Not yeah. buy all the things I want, I but you, live. I got you, But yeah. live. So uh, this young lady called me. Now, this was maybe I probably stopped painting for like a year. I ain't going to say a year. Maybe like eight months. Eight months. So the old, the, this young lady called me. She you was were like, suffering during that time. Yeah, I, I, would I, had imagine. To, I had to get rid of the relationship, yeah. you know. So she said, I want to buy a painting. So I was like, well, I'm not painting right now. I don't have. I, and she was like, okay. So she called me back the next day. She said, hey, I want to buy a painting. I went by my friend's house. You sold her a piece. <laughs> I want a painting from you. I was like, listen. I don't have any canvas. So she was like, where do you live? I told her where I live. Yeah. She hung up. I said, okay. The next day. <laughs> she knocked on your door, bro. I'm like, who is? I opened the door. I see this little short, <laughs> this little short, brown-skinned, beautiful woman yeah. at my door. And I'm like, man, who is this? So I opened the door. She said, hey, my name is... Kyra. I'm going to yeah, say her name. She yeah, said, yeah. my name is Kyra. Yeah. I want a painting. She said, what I have in my car, I have went and bought 10 canvases for you. I want you to come down and get these canvases because I stayed upstairs. And she said, I'm still going to pay you for the, for the painting, but you got canvas now. And I stood there and I'm like, damn, so you're going to make me? And at that moment, I was like, okay, God, I'll listen. Yep. That's what All it is. Right. The let, universe, let me, man. And this girl had a green Civic hatchback. My first question was, how you got all of this in here? <laughs> Who put this in here for you? She was like, that's why I need you to get it out. And she had canvases of all different sizes. Wow. And she paid me for a painting. And from that day on, it has been just cultivation and cultivation yeah. and just next level to the next level. Next level. That's yeah. That's, a, that's an amazing story, man. Yeah. Um yeah, the, so your art just it just lives because you you put so much into yeah. it. Uh this has been a phenomenal link up, brother. Definitely. I didn't even get to talk about the triathlon. <laughs> we'll talk about the it later. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, we we're going to we're going to yeah. have more. You know, uh it's this was vibing. Right. I, I, I like this a lot. Um, your energy is real. Your energy was from the time I met you. It was just mm -hmm. like you a real brother, bro. Right. Like, I appreciate that. Uh, and, and, yeah. and I just want to say not to cut you off, but it's funny we always say that. Not to cut you off, but I'm still cutting you off. You're good, bro. You're good. Go ahead. Uh, your approach. Uh, your approach on the walk up. Your approach uh, when I told you I didn't need your services. You didn't deflate. You instantly... You instantly was productive and took the conversation somewhere else that you was interested in. People don't realize sometimes just because the initial conversation, it might not have no value. Your personal interest in the person. The, hey, you do art? Hey, you know what? The fact that you were that open, I was like, this, this guy, <laughs> this, this is a cool spirit. Okay. That's what I said. I'm going to introduce him. To who I am. Hey, go inside. Go inside. I want you to get, I don't want to, because sometimes as an, as an abstract artist, you tell people, people have asked me, what do you do? I say, I'm an artist. Like rapper? I'm like, no, I'm sorry. No, painter. Abstract <laughs> oh, really? artist. Wow. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> but that yesterday was the first time that I've ever met somebody that I, I can say, go inside and see who I am. 
Yeah, you totally just open your door, man. I and said, I go out. That. And I never I did I come in behind you? No. I stayed on what was I still doing when you went inside? You were still riding your never, bike. Never never got your, off my bike. No, yeah, you stayed on your bike. I'll tell anybody that can hear the sound of my voice. Anytime you ask God for something, he's gonna always bring it to you while you're working in the field can that I say you're amen? going to be successful in. Can I say amen? That's when you're going to meet him. <laughs> doing what you're supposed to be doing while what you asked for. Let's go. You have bro. to be sharpening that the friction. You got to be sharpening it at iron. Philip, that was on this podcast, is my longtime friend. And he said that to me all the time. You're only going to build a business by doing that's the it. business. That's it. And yeah, that's and, it. And I appreciate you you saying that and me doing the business and not being deflated after you explain you don't right. want my service was because I'm not out here trying to sell nobody. Right. I'm really trying to find relationships Correct. Uh, to serve. Right. You see, um, and and it feels good, really, really. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad, I'm really I'm thankful that you say that because. Sometimes we get caught up in the daily grind. Yeah. You get caught up in the rejections. Right. You get caught up in the disappointments. Right. So you don't you don't see the value in what you're actually doing on a daily basis. Correct. So for somebody to like go your way almost to acknowledge that, yeah. It, it's a true blessing. And, and that's man. and that's that's one black man to another. That's one father to another. That's one entrepreneur to another. Sir. That's uh that's one man that's creating something to another. Like that's the things that nobody realized that we have to deal with so much rejection. Yes. Like rejection is a part of it. It's, a part of it. it's, it's like when I first started being an artist, I used to put my art up and it's like people, some people would laugh at it. Some people would criticize it. And my niece would say, well, how does that make you feel? And I had to detach from the emotional side and I had to tell her, I said, I'm not attached to what they specifically say as long as I got the attention. Mm. Don't, don't, yeah. even if they say, I don't like it, they saw it. They saw it. They had an opinion. Yes. What's, okay, the only thing different is how I, how I receive somebody saying, it's great or it's ugly. Both yeah. of them saw it. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm, I have to touch on this a little bit because yeah. it ties in so beautifully about what we're talking about. You know, I, you know, I, I try to consume books, um, and one that I'm consuming right now. This I'm doing this one audible. Um, it's Atomic uh, Habits. Habit. Yes, and one of the thing that his main point is like sometimes we are we are going for goals. Mm -hmm. And it's great to have goals, but when you're going for your goals, you got to break those goals up into systems. Yes. And don't get overexcited about the goal or don't get overexcited about the praise mm -hmm. or don't get excited, overexcited yeah. about the rejection. Get excited about the process. That's it. So you just have a process. That's why, I, and this whole thing, that's why they call it atomic habit. Yes. Atomic is, you once, know. Once you... Uh, once you really get intentional about life, like to me, most mornings, I'll say 99% of mornings, it feels like the first day of school. Wow. Well, that's a beautiful thing. If it, I, I wake up and 
one of my mantras is every single day is Monday. Dude, every day I is Monday. You, okay. Every day <laughs> is meet, Monday. You meet the people <laughs> that you're supposed to meet yeah. doing what you love. Yeah. Like you're training and I'm out there. What? It was like 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. 10 o'clock in the morning, yeah. knocking on people's doors. Yeah. Be like, yo, I got an <laughs> installer on the corner. You need to find out what's going on. Right. And I, I felt that energy, that energy from you was because I was in that. It's a, it's a wavelength. You yeah. said it earlier. Yeah. I was in that productive, yeah. that creative, mm-hmm. that grinding. A certain frequency you was operating yeah, at. So that frequency just, because how much houses were in that neighborhood? Right. I did not, you're the longest conversation. And I've set meetings up with people. Right. And you're the longest conversation I had. While I was doing something. While you were doing something. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, one love, man. We could go. Hey, you got to come back. I will talk do. Talk about sports. <laughs> Definitely. And your neighbor. I have to try to get her back. And we're yes. going to do a, a three-way. Yeah. Because. Uh, Wait a, three, a minute. <laughs> three-way conversation. Yes. <laughs> three-way conversation with me, you, and her. Because she is big on just sports, sports, yeah. the the mind of sports, and 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 just being a triathlete. Right, you, you're you're in tremendous shape, I man. That. And um, I you know I'd like to learn about that because I I go in waves. I try right. and then I yeah. fail. Right, so. Yeah. Hey, one love, man. This one was love. hey, this was amazing. <laughs> I appreciate and, and, it. And then I think I vibe a lot with people from Louisiana too. Yeah, because the island folks and folks from Louisiana were the same kind. But you know how I found that out? I because my fastest time I ever ran mm-hmm. in 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 track, I won SWAC. Um, okay, what it, year? What year you at uh, TSU? Twenty. I graduated. Tw- uh, the year I won SWAC was twenty twelve. I graduated what. 2013, 2012, 2013. Uh, I graduated. I graduated with my master's in 06. So I, was, I, I had been out for yeah, a while. You've been, yeah, you've been. Yeah. So um, the 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 thing is, man. When I the way I know that the island folks and people from Louisiana is the same is I went down there and I saw like there's the cemetery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, these are the same exact. These are people live in some. They yeah. die and they put them in some giant tubes. Yeah. And I get to find out that when people die over there, it is a lot of celebration. Oh, 100%. So, so, yeah, we did the same yeah. thing in the islands too, man. So I get a lot. Hey, bro, we can talk forever. Yeah, you know, New Orleans New Orleans has a New Orleans has a rich uh, island history yeah. that a lot of people don't talk about. A lot of people aren't aware of. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They're not aware that Haitians have a, a rich heritage in New Orleans. Yep. A big, 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 but Huge. the influence, the influence on the 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 art infrastructure, uh, the architecture, the food. Because you talk about stuff. folk dance earlier. Yeah, all I, all yeah. the, even even when I started learning about the dances, even learning about that, mm-hmm. man, I listen. The the word for the word for the day is exposure. Exposure, man. Widen <laughs> your eyes. Exposure. You hey, gotta be exposed to it. This this <laughs> one totally slaps, dude. It was awesome. Um, we definitely gonna uh link up again. Definitely. And I appreciate this, man. I appreciate this yeah, platform sure, and I appreciate you being interested in what I'm doing and who I am, man. I appreciate it. Definitely, brother. All right, respect. All right. Hey. One love, my friend. <laughs> definitely. Hey, we did that like three times. This one was good. I loved it. <laughs>